Don't touch that dial. You're listening to Board Games Daily, your daily dose of tabletop gaming discussion on Anchor. Now welcome your hosts, Jeremiah Isley, Scott Firestone, and AJ Skifstad. Hey there, everybody. Welcome back to Board Games Daily, powered by Theology of Games. I'm AJ Skifstad, and today we've got a loaded show for you. It's going to be a pretty good one, so stay tuned. We've got everything from our topic this week, which is games designed by Rudiger Dorn, to our cage fight, which is Gaia Project versus Terra Mystica. So hopefully we'll be hearing from Scott and Jeremiah on either of those topics today. But in the meantime, I'm going to go with uh, a little topic of my own, which is discussing and reviewing a game that I played at our game night this week. So last year at Origins and then this summer at Origins, we saw a game one, one year, the first year it was being kickstarted, then it was fulfilled this year, which was Distilled. And uh, one of my buddies picked it up at Gen Con and brought it back. We were all intrigued by it at Origins, but nobody wanted to pull the trigger on it and grab it. And so distilled, as you can imagine, is going to be you creating liquor, distilling spirits. And um, I thought that the game was pretty good. Now, thematically, you know, it's not something that speaks to me. Um, that I'm not, you know, some people who are really into their different liquors or whiskeys, bourbons, vodkas, whatever, that's that might be your theme and creating those distilling those might be your thing but just as a theme overall for somebody who's not really into that uh i thought it was pretty good um the components were nice it's a it's a card based game so mostly you're going to be dealing with cards but you got these nice cardboard boards uh that go in front of you as well as some little double layered boards where you're going to be putting some cubes on um the components were good there was nothing to complain about um So I like that, but what's actually happening in the game? Well, obviously you're gonna be distilling these spirits. Everybody can start by uh, having the basic recipes of vodka and, um, what was the other one? Uh, Vodka and moonshine. And so you're gonna be able to create those, but as the game goes on, you're going to be able to buy more recipes so that you can distill different types of things to become the best distiller. And it's all based upon victory points. Every time that you distill a spirit and sell that spirit, you're going to get not only money, but victory points. So it's like a a dual kind of gain, which I do like that in games where you're going to be getting victory points in addition to uh, the money. So I like things like, I like when that happens. But anyway, you're going to have a tableau of cards in front of you. The top tier of cards is going to be upgrades to your distillery that you're going to put that in the top shelf of your uh, board as well. And those are going to be like thing, uh, brewmasters, or I guess brewmasters, not the right word. We're not making beer here, but different people who, uh, who excel at different things in your distillery, things like that, upgrades to machinery and things, things of that nature. The second tier of cards is going to be different ingredients that are better than the basic ingredients, which is on the lowest tier, but better sugars, better grapes, better barleys, um, things like that. And then your bottom tier of cards is going to be items such as different bottles and barrels that you can put these uh, liquors in when you're done distilling them. So you've got like iron cast barrels or wooden barrels or clay pots. 
different types of bottles too. And um, after you sell uh, a liquor, you're going to get um, you're going to get some points based upon your bottle collection from the bottles that you put it in. So you want to have different types of bottles that you're using uh, each time that you sell. So here's the interesting part of the game. After you've acquired a bunch of these cards to get ready to distill, because you need barrels to age in, you need bottles to sell in, and you need things like um, like yeast, water, and, uh, and sugars to distill with, you're going to begin the distilling process. You at least need one yeast, one water, and then whatever sugars you're gonna use. Once you pop your sugars in, you're also going to get some alcohol cards too to kind of fill out that deck of cards that you've just created. And you are then going to draw the bottom card and the top card of that deck after you shuffle it up. And whatever is remaining will tell you what kind of liquor you were able to create. Now there's some mitigation in there. the alcohol cards can be used as a yeast or a water. So if for some reason you don't draw what you need to draw, uh, those alcohol cards will, will suffice. Um, but essentially you're going to be looking over at your recipe board and you're going to see based upon the recipes that you owned, what sugars are in that hand and, uh, what you're able to create. Then if you want, you can sell that immediately by putting it in a barrel and a bottle and you'll get victory points and you'll get, uh, and you'll get your money, or you can decide to age uh, whatever that is. And so, some of those liquors require aging, so you'll, you'll have to do that, and you won't get any payout till the next round, which stinks because what you do at the beginning of the round is all that buying of the items and the upgrades. And so you, sometimes you, you hope you have enough money left over from the previous round if you're going to have to age whatever you're distilling. But essentially, that's the game. There's a, there's a bunch of other things going on that are going to make the game more interesting. Like you can get bottle labels and the bottle labels you, after you sell a certain type of liquor are gonna give you some bonuses for the rest of the game or a one-time bonus. So there's there's all these other things going on. I told you you could just start a bottle collection. There's going to be uh, goals up at the top that once one person maybe brew, maybe sells two liquors in the same turn, uh, they can they, they get a seven point bonus. And of course you'll have special goals in front of you as well. So the game is pretty cool. It's pretty immersive. Um, it's it's a strong learning curve. Um, but once you're playing it, we got through the first round and there's seven rounds. We got through the first round. We were like, oh, this is smooth. We know what we're doing. We know how this works. Let's keep moving. Let's truck along because this is fun. And so that's what I'd like to say is the game is fun. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the, the, the scariest thing was when you would you would create this deck and you'd have minimal cards in it and you knew you were trying to create uh, brandy and for and all of a sudden you're like, oh my gosh, I might not draw the sugars I need. Um, so you want to make sure that you load it with enough of the sugars you need so that you're going to be able to to make to make that uh, spirit. But you know sometimes you miss. I missed one time. And I could only make my lowest liquor, which was a vodka, I think. And so that was pretty disappointing to me. But um, other than that, I thought the game was pretty fun. But that's the, that's the scary part of the game. I liked I liked card play, so that was good. Um, I mean, I don't know what else to say. It was a good game. It was worth checking out. I don't think it would take nearly as long as it took us, which was probably mm, probably about two hours. 
uh, if you're a gamer, it's not going to take you that long once you learn it. So uh, that's my uh, little take on Distilled. It's a worth checking out if you haven't yet. Um, so that's it for now. Hey everyone, it's Firestone here, weighing in on this week's Game Night Cage fight, which is between Terra Mystica and Gaia Project. Now both of these games are designed by the same two designers, whose names I'm about to butcher. Helge Ostradar, Ostratag and Jens Drogemuller. They, uh, Terra Mystica came out in 2012, which is, I can't believe it's that old. And then they followed it up five years later with Gaia Project. Now, the first time I played Terra Mystica, I was lost. Just lost. Now, uh, I don't, at that time, there, I don't think there would have been any kind of a video to watch. So I, I learned either by the rules or by somebody teaching, but it was so obtuse to me. I did not understand what was happening. I was trying to figure out what to do. You could build buildings and sometimes that would give other people power. And oh yeah, power, you're moving these things from bowl to bowl to bowl. Didn't really make thematic sense to me. Still doesn't in either game. Um, but, uh, and, and then uh, you, can, you can get power when other people build things. And then, oh, there are these cult tracks and you want to raise on the cult track, which doesn't make any sense either. But I played a few times and I finally was like, I kind of understand what's happening a little bit. And it was, I, I still lost horribly every time I played, but I enjoyed it. Then Gaia Project came out and I was like, I don't even know if I want to play this because uh, it just, yeah, my experience with Terra Mystica wasn't great. Oh, it's so much better. It's so much better. It wins this cage fight hands down. They made so many great additions to it, corrections, things that make more thematic sense. There are tech tracks now instead of a cult track. The cult track never made sense. But now there's tech tracks and you can go up and gain new things. And every decision is complex and uh, just full of what do I do? When do I do it? How do I, how do I um, make this happen? And how do I make that happen before my opponents can make that happen and grabbing planets before them and slicing in and grabbing something they need and knowing they need it. I'm sure all those things are there in Terra Mystica, but it just is more obtuse to me. I get Gaia Project and I don't do well still at Gaia Project. In fact, we played it last night at game night and I came in last, not too far last, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but the guy who won almost lapped the other two of us. He he's plays played a lot. Anyway, it is it is so good. We always play with the variable turn order, which is just better. I can't. I I, I didn't even realize that there was another way to play, which is that the first person to pass is the start player, and then everything else just goes clockwise. Play it with the variable turnover from the beginning, which is when you pass, you go to the highest spot on the next turn's turn order. Just makes sense. Sometimes it's a little confusing because that means it's not going to go clockwise around the table and you have to pay attention. Nevertheless, it's better. Do that. We also often do the variant that was introduced in the Fire and Ice expansion of Terra Mystica, which is to choose factions by pulling out uh, one for each, randomly doing one for each player in the game, and then auctioning them off using victory points. This is 
good, but also another thing I'm bad at. I'm not good at evaluating. I haven't played enough of these factions to know which ones are good or bad. So, anyway, um, it sounds like I'm bagging on it. I'm just bagging on me. I'm not good at this game, but it's an amazing game. If there's one downside to it, it's that the MSRP is $100. Now, there is a lot of stuff in it. A lot of cardboard. A lot of pieces. A lot of factions. A lot of... Lots of stuff. But $100 is a lot. There are not many games in my collection where I would go, yeah, I still recommend you pay $100. But this is one of them. In fact, I did this with Jeremiah and AJ. I said, if you guys can get your hands on this game, it's amazing. Especially because they really liked, especially AJ, really liked Terra Mystica. So I said, you're just going to love this game. And they got rid of it like crazy people. But anyway, the winner of this cage fight for me is Gaia Project. It's better in almost every way. And there's so much variability in it. There are different, um, the tiles you get when you pass, different every game. The end game scoring, different every game. The things that pop out each turn that give you a few bonus points. Like on this turn, if you put out for every mine you put out you get three extra victory points that can affect your decision because everything matters in this game and there's 14 different factions to learn and play with it's so fun my pick gaia project what's yours let us know thanks for joining us today Board Games Daily is powered by TheologyofGames.com. Don't forget to head over to TheologyofGames.com to check out all we have to offer, including written reviews, our YouTube channel, and two other podcasts. If you enjoyed this show, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you're listening. Thanks for listening, and go put a game on the table.